You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Dan Bayer's interview with Gotham and Spirit Award nominee Jonathan Majors for A24's The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Welcome, everyone, to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are interviewing Jonathan Majors, co-star of The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Jonathan, how are you doing today? You know, feeling good. (laughs) (laughs) Just tired tired enough, just awake enough, you know. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Well, we are here, obviously, to talk about the Last Black Man in San Francisco, which, for my money, one of the best films of the year, even now in November when we're recording this. Um, it's a beautiful film. You have a really interesting uh, role to play in it. Um, but my first question is, uh, how did you become involved in this project? I know you graduated from Yale School of Drama not that many years ago. Yeah, I, mean, I left. Uh, I left Yale in two thousand. I graduated Yale two thousand sixteen, mm-hmm. and went right into the tutelage of uh, a director named Gus Van Sant. And um, oh wow! Literally, my second my second semester of graduate school, I happened to uh, uh, audition for a role that he and uh, Dustin Lance Black were seeking, and um, and I won it and jumped. You know, just uh, uh, three years later, um, here we are talking about Last Black Man in San Francisco, and the uh, the role of uh, the, the whole project kind of came, you know, um, the old fashioned way, where my agent, uh, my agent manager, kind of <clears throat> you know, sniffed out a great project, and they sent me the script, and I remember sitting in my um, sitting in my <laughs> one bedroom apartment in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> reading, <laughs> reading. I didn't have a kitchen table. Reading on this like, like little cafe table in the middle of my room, uh, slash living room, slash doll room, slash you know room, <laughs> and uh, reading the script. And uh, um, my my girlfriend at the time walked in, and I and I look up from it, and she goes, "What are you reading?" And I say, "Oh man, I got it, babe. This is it. You know, it's like this is this is here, man." And um, and I and then I just you know from Joe Talbot's words and Rob Richards' words and Jimmy's spirit to um, to literally you know going to a corner of the other room and mm-hmm. taping it you know taping an audition you know and then the rest was um, I guess I guess not as traditional because the callback happened to be in uh, San Francisco and I taped and then I taped again and they asked they asked me to come out and um, I flew myself to San Francisco. Did the callback with Jimmy and Joey, and uh, Rob, and and then the producer Christina O was there. As was Kalia, you know the whole the whole team was there. So I guess it was only I guess it was only traditional to the point of like auditioning, and then <laughs> and then um, and then the rest was a bit of a bit of a, a circus, you know, which is appropriate for uh, you know the spine and spirit of the of the film. Yeah, uh, Montgomery. Yeah, I, and this was uh, Joe Talbot and Jimmy Fels. This is their first film. Yeah. Um, what what was what was it like on set as they were trying to navigate this and and shooting on location in San Francisco, which is not easy either. 
Wow, wow. You know, I love that. I've never had that question before. It was a bit of a, it was like, it was the most adrenalized shoot mm. that I think uh, to date that I've ever done. And right now I'm playing a, you know, a, a fucking action hero. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, pseudo action hero, you know, and there is more adrenaline on that set of Last Black Man in San Francisco because of that. You know, it was uh, it was full on passion, you know, and the thing about, you know, Joe Talbot is he has a way of putting together a great team and we were we we were that, you know, and I was, you know, I was the last man brought in mm. and the team was complete and he was our, um, you know, he was our GM, you know, yeah. and he had such a clear passion and such a clear, you know, everybody, everybody that was involved in the project was very untraditional in this sense that these people were already a family, <laughs> you know, and they were, they were, work, I mean, it's like, it's like trying to fight a war and trying to fight a war when you're uh, occupying a country. You're not going to, it's not going to be easy. You know, that the people you are occupying are going to fight for their life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that's their homeland. And <laughs> these people were making that film. And then, you know, I was in making that film, you know, with them, like this was a, like this was war. You know, like we were fighting on our turf and we're going to make this fucking film, wow. you know, uh, to the best of our ability. And it's going to be, we're going to put all our, all our blood, all our tears, all our time mm. and resources into it, you know? So I think everyone had known each other for years, you know, which is not, which is not the case, you know, on most sets. Yeah. There's some friendships and, but that, that, that set was, was a clan, was a family, you know? And so we uh we operate it well. And what what's it like to come into an atmosphere like that? It's, it's kind of like falling in love. A little <laughs> bit, you okay. know, where you where you kind of walk in. And it's like you're nervous. You're nervous. You're nervous. Or you know, in some cases, you don't know what's going to happen at all. But then you see somebody, and you go, "Oh shit, it's all good." You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's literally all good. You know, and like all the nerves you had turned into interest and curiosity mm. and it emboldened you in 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 the in the stepping forward you know in the relationship and in the love and mm. jimmy had such a jimmy and joey had such a clear way of of it was so clear what you were stepping into it's kind of like cinderella you know <laughs> if the shoe didn't fit you didn't get it you know yeah and they weren't suffering fools you know it was that simple if it was too snug it wasn't your it, it might be your shoe but it's not your shoe <laughs> and um, I was fortunate enough that they offered the slipper, and I was like, "Let's just see how it goes." You know, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing to fail here, and you guys are willing to offer me this thing, and it fit. And you know, we we all kind of uh, we were very simpatico, you know, and we became yeah. we became this, you know, still team six, and we could roll. <laughs> you know, we could just go. Nice. Yeah. Well, it certainly seems like a great atmosphere in which to play a character like Mont, who is very much has the soul of an artist. He's a playwright. Um, he's a very unique character. I don't think I've seen anyone in any movie quite like him. He, it's very difficult to describe him. Um, so my next question oh, is, sort of, like, how, <laughs> how, how was he described in the screenplay? And how did, what, what did you find as your in to, to playing him the way you did? Uh, how he was described in the screenplay, um, he was described as, uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, Princess Sanders. Mm. So he was a different character. He wasn't, he wasn't the Montgomery Allen that we now have, you know, 
in film, you know. Mm. Uh, so, so that's the first one. But, but then he was also described as quirky and uh, handsome under his glasses. He, he was wearing glasses at first. Oh, okay. Um, and that was pretty much it. That's pretty much huh. it, you know. But the, that's the beauty of of the Rob, uh, Richard, and the uh, Jimmy and Joey mm. trio is that they they wrote it's in it was in the DNA. You know, Montgomery is a mutation of Prentice. You know, I saw Prentice and I was like, okay, cool. And and me myself, you know, I I'm a very very um, believe it or not, I I'm an introvert, and <laughs> that is something that Mont is. Yeah. You know, uh, so that that's really that's that's sometimes the hardest thing in the world to figure out. Well, where does one pull their strength from? Right, right, from the outside or from the inside. You know, there's no good or bad, but some characters are extroverts, and if an extrovert, if an introvert has to play an extrovert, there's a great deal of work that has to be done. Yeah, you know, to change your, to, you know, and so we had that in common, and then we also had in common the fact that we were in some ways creators. Prior to, to graduating from YSD, I went. I did uh, my undergrad at the North Carolina School of the Arts. Mm. And before that, you know, like, all, so all my education is in theater, you know, it's in acting. Um, I'm kind of fucked when things go without, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and the obsession, you know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the other thing, you know, that, because that's the engine of Mott, right? One right. Of, one, yeah, it's, it's, I, I can say that. That's the engine of Mott. He's obsessed mm-hmm. with humanity. You know, he's obsessed with seeing things and experiencing things. And with that obsession, he then has an objective, which is to see clearly and, and behave in the most moral way, you know, in mm. order to not save himself or lift himself up, but so his community, you know, can thrive. And the, the, the most, the, the capital of his community is, uh, manifests itself in Jimmy Fail, his yeah. best friend. And so in that way, he's ferocious you know, about his loyalty and about his art because that's his way of communing with the world. And we share that in common. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a fisherman, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, um, well, that, I mean, that that's one of the really fascinating things about it, right? Especially that um, the play that Mont writes and performs is first of all I mean what a tremendous scene what what a gift that scene is I think for any actor to play Um, and I think that's one of the fascinating things about that scene is it's sort of both a gift to Jimmy but also an admonition of how he's been acting and what this um, life that he's been building that isn't really real right Gosh, what was that scene like to play? <laughs> well, it was, um, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it was like that. You know, I, I remember coming in to work that day and like the entire set, you know, the entire family was, I mean, we were, I mean, they were tight. Like everyone's shoulders were up to the eyebrows. I was right. like, what the hell <laughs> are we going to do here? You know, because. And cramped space too. Yeah. I was like, let me tell you what can't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't be nervous about this. I mean, we're in. We're a small independent film, you know. Like we've got one day to shoot this. We should have three days to shoot this. Mm. This should be a three-day shoot, shoot. You know, wow. we shoot yeah. this. We cover this. We cover that. You know, um, and it wasn't. We shot it in one day. Wow. In one day, you know, um, from can see to can't see, 
you know, as hmm. some people would know. And um, it was on, man. It was uh, it, it was it was the it was the epitome of of what I, what I think art is. You know, you have to you 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 fill yourself up. You do all your work so you can give it away. You know, and mm. you just gotta give until it hurts. Yeah. You know, and that's what that's what the scene was about. You know, you I wanted to Montgomery needed to um, communicate clearly. You know what it is he was experiencing. You know, mm. and what it is. Uh, he felt the the community was experiencing, you know, and the, you know, the hint at the cannibalism uh, between mm. uh, young black men, you know, yeah. and then the self self mutilation that uh, Jimmy was putting himself through, you know, and there's a big wake up call, you know, but the whole film, you realize Mont is trying to figure out how to how to do it, yeah. you know, how to do it. And that's his struggle because that's also the part where you actually see the cracks in, in Mark, you know, he mm. doesn't go super Saiyan, you know, he actually loses his mind. You know, it, it, it becomes the amount of grief that he takes on, you know, in order to communicate that breaks him, you know? Um, but that's, that's what has to happen, you know? And so in shooting it, um, literally, uh, I mean, Joey was coming in because I was staying backstage. Joey was coming in. <laughs> he was like, you okay? And I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I'm fine. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go, let's go. You know? And then we get to the last, the last little beat, you know, and, pe- and we, and we sent people home, you know, mm-hmm. so late. And, you know, Joey comes up, you know, we're going to go, we'll go one more time, you know? And we're doing this new setup, and I'm like, okay, cool, let's go, man. And at this point, I've been on my feet, you know, 13 hours, and like, you know, working out of, working oh. at, you know, at the pitch, nece- at the pitch necessary. You right. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't phone something like that in. You, no, mean, you yeah. can't phone art in. Like you can tell. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you can tell, and you, and it's for Jimmy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's all for someone else. It's for. Kofi's friend. And he's giving everything of himself, so you have to too. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not, I mean, art imitates life. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what he's doing. And, and Mom's tired, and I'm tired, you know? <laughs> and my voice is ragged, you know? And and I remember I went to the corner, and, and you know, I said, You just got a break now. That's what's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where you're at now. Like, you don't have, there's really nothing else there. You know, you know the line, you know, the tank is empty, you know, it's not bullshit, it's not fake the funk, but now, now the spirit's got to take you, you know, and if you break, there's something, there's something inside, inside of this, if you break, if you break this in this scene, in this moment, if you can break, you'll have enough to get through it. And I, and I say, well, that's, you know, that's what's going to have to happen. Mm. And we got out there and I remember it was, uh, you know, in film, you know, you got Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, et cetera, you know, and that's the slate and that's the setup and all, that, and all that stuff. And this one, it was Zulu. So we had gone all the way through the alphabet. <laughs> it was the last, set, <laughs> the last setup. And we're on Zulu. And we go out and, and me, Jimmy, and it was just me, Jimmy, the DP, Adam Newport, Joey, Rob, and the producers sitting in the back watching. Mm. And... Go to the action, and we go. And uh, you know, there's multiple takes that could have been used, but the take that's in the film is that last take. Wow. Yeah. It's like one of those magic things. 
yeah it had it had to shoot all day in order for that to happen and to get that perfect scene it, it, that's really amazing when when things come together like that yeah i felt i felt very fortunate to be the individual the avatar to, to be able to do that mm-hmm. it was very hum- it was a very humbling night you know like wow yeah. And so like who gives a fuck if someone sees this, you know, like that that just ha- that just happened, you know. It really <laughs> has to happen, you know. It's on film. I mean, you can't take the film. Yeah, and you did it, man. It it's a fantastic performance yeah. in a fantastic <laughs> film. You know, and like I'm I'm pulling for you I'm pulling for you. I know most of the team at Next Best Picture is pulling for you this season, hoping you get some, you know, recognition for that work, but I mean, the performance speaks for itself, and that lives. And what a monument, and what a testament to everyone who worked on that film. Oh God. Um, what what's next for you? <laughs> what can we see you in next? Oh yeah, woo! <laughs> uh, the next. So I'm I'm currently shooting a TV series with HBO called Lovecraft Country, and okay. uh, I'm fortunate enough to play uh, the central character in that. So I mean, I'm. I mean, you'll, you'll get tired of me after that because I'm, you know, it's 10 hours of a, you know, of a period drama, sci-fi, horror show. And it's just, it's incredible, you know, but that would be out, that would be out 2020. But there's a film called uh, The Five Bloods that Spike Lee shot in, um, in Thailand and in Vietnam. Oh. And that, that would be out, uh, that would be out pretty soon. Spike and I actually spoke a couple of days ago. He's been very excited about it. And that's a uh, that's a war story about um, a father and son, and you know the sense of our fathers, and you know what brotherhood is. You know it, it does speak to you know the, the theme that's also in Last Black Man. You know yeah. of brotherhood and you know elements of black masculinity, and also you know what 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 is war, and what war does to a community, and what war does to a family, and what war can do to uh, a single spirit. And um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful film. It's a beautiful film. It's great. Uh, and a great cast. So that would be out. That would be out soon. I don't, you know, I don't know the release dates, but that would be in theaters and also hit Netflix. And you know, Spike, <laughs> Spike is good at making noise, so you won't miss it. <laughs> I have no <laughs> doubt. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to see you in in everything that you do next. I mean, this is oh, that's very sweet. Bro. This is you can do great things, and we're looking forward to following that career that you're going to have for yourself. I think it's going to be a great one. Oh, thank you, man. Oh, you're welcome. Wow. Thank you, man. Um, I put you in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for talking with us. Thanks for, thanks for the work you do and, you know, break a leg. Best of luck uh, throughout the next phase. Oh yeah, man. I hope to see you in person someday. <laughs> I I would love that. That would be amazing. Well, make yourself known if you see me. <laughs> I, I will do that, man. I will do that. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Dan Baer's interview with the star of The Last Black Man in San Francisco, recent Gotham and Spirit Award nominee Jonathan Majors, for your consideration for Best Supporting Actor. You can subscribe to the Next Best Picture podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you for listening, as always. We shall see you all next time.
Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.